Growing up in small towns my whole life, I understand and really relate to the scary stories and strange things that are going down in these less populated areas all around the country. Welcome back to the swamp, and welcome if you're new my friends. Today I'm going to be sharing some creepy and allegedly true small town horror stories that'll creep you out tonight. As always, if you have an allegedly true scary story, whether it be from a small town, the woods, or something different, be sure to submit it at swampdweller.net. I'm always looking for new scary stories to share. Before we jump into these stories, I just wanted to let you know that I am streaming over on Twitch nearly every single day. I'm streaming horror games, reading live scary stories, and doing other cool behind-the-scenes things over there that just don't fit the YouTube channel. So if you're looking for extra content from the swamp and want to just get to interact with me one-on-one -on -one a little bit more personally, check me out over on Twitch. You can find the link in the description down below. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe if you're new, and get ready for some spooky and allegedly true small town horror stories. Hi, I'm going to start this story off by saying I'm lucky to be here typing this. I'm a 24-year-old woman from Tennessee. My parents always beat into my head, stranger danger, and always told me to never pick anyone up off the street for any reason. It was around March or April of 2020 when the lockdowns really started to hit my city due to the pandemic. I had taken leave from work due to the pandemic for a medical condition. My husband worked second shift, so on nights when my boredom was getting the best of me, I set out on a nice drive with my music blaring. I prefer driving the back roads as there are no cops and I like to go fast. I know it's dumb, but hey, cars and going fast are just in my blood. Anyway, I went on this back road that my aunt happens to live on. It's about midnight, and as I'm driving down this road, I see a woman waving her flashlight and running towards my car. Keep in mind, I'm stupidly going 60 miles per hour in a 40 mile per hour zone. I hurry and slam on my brakes, barely missing this skinny, tiny woman. I roll down my window to check on her, and she's panicking. She asked me to give her a ride to the pilot gas station. It was only a two minute drive from where we were. At first, I told her no, I could not do this. I didn't know her. She kept begging me and said her boyfriend had beat her up and kicked her out. She also had this big purse, and when I kept declining, she dumped her purse onto the road and said, Look, I have no weapons or drugs. I just need a ride to the pilot. Please. And me, being the supporter of women, obviously, because I am one, and being a survivor of domestic abuse myself, I stupidly agreed to let her in my car. I told her, I can call the police for you. And she said, They've already been called. And I said, Well, then shouldn't you be waiting for them? If we leave, they won't find you to help you. And as I'm saying that, I see a police officer drive by real slow while glaring into my car. Oh, there's the cop now. Let me turn around and get his attention. He can help you. At this point, she is glaring at me with the evilest eyes and grabbed me by the arm and said through her toothless mouth, If you turn around, I'll get my boys to hurt you. That is the moment I realized I had made a huge mistake by stopping. I should mention that when I stopped and saw this woman on the street, I couldn't see that she didn't have teeth and was an addict. It wasn't until she got closer to me that I noticed it. She didn't know that I carry a knife in my door, 
and I was ready to use it if needed. I was definitely well prepared for the situation. I keep driving to the pilot, and we're about 30 seconds away when she tells me, Not this pilot. Take me to the next one in the town over. At which point I said, No, I'm taking you to this pilot. It's what we agreed on. And I hurried in front of the pilot doors. I looked at them and firmly said, and angrily, Get out of my car. Get out. She said, You can't do this to me. Please, he'll find me. And I yelled again, I don't care. Get out, or I'm going to stab you. She opened the door. As she's climbing out, I throw her purse at her. She shuts the door and yells that I'm some sort of C-word or whatever you can imagine. And I rolled down my window and yelled, You're the junkie, and I hightailed it out of there. I called 911 to report what had just happened, and they said they already had police in the area looking for her. I was halfway down the road when everything really set in. The shakes finally got to me, and I had a panic attack. That was the scariest two-minute drive of my life. I got home, and when my husband came home, I told him everything. We called Pilot shortly after my 911 call, and they told us the girl was arrested, and they found a blanket inside her purse with all kinds of drugs rolled up into it. Do you all remember her dumping everything into the road and claiming she had nothing on her in front of me? The blanket didn't fall out. I had no idea it was even in there. I was relieved she had been arrested, honestly. However, I was terrified that she did have quote-unquote boys to hurt me. She knew what I drove. My car wasn't your average car. Mine is mudded with bright metallic red wheels, metallic red accents, a big purple dual exhaust, and other mods. But the other ones aren't visible. They're under the hood. Also, there are not many people in my city who own this car or model. There's not many people in my city in general. I'm not even sure why they classify it as a city as we only have about 1,200 people who live here. That's right, 1,200. Anyways, I learned my lesson from this, and I will never pick up anybody else. I've never told anyone this story except my husband and my best friend. I feel stupid for ignoring my gut. So my name is Colton, and I'm a regular guy from a regular small town, and I'm a family man. The year is March of 2020. The entire nation was going through a very unusual, odd, and what could be characterized as downright scary time. I doubt that I need to go into what I'm talking about. I would just say that the word lockdown is no longer a term used just for prisons, even though that's kind of what it felt like at times. My story starts maybe 10 days into the initial lockdown. Let me start by saying that I live in a very conservative state. We have very few restrictions on firearms or your ability to use them. Our state has what is commonly referred to as the Castle Doctrine, which in a nutshell means if you are on my property and I deem you as a threat, I am within my rights to use deadly force to protect myself, my family, or my property. I will also mention that we have one of the lowest violent crime percentages in the nation, which is why I choose to raise my family here. The reason that I note that before anything else is to impress you on the feeling of safety I have felt here my entire life. Not being safe in my home, or even my own town, has never crossed my mind. That is, until about three weeks ago. So it was a Friday night. I would say that it was any normal Friday night. But that was not the case. After 9pm there is nothing, and I mean nothing. Not a car, not a bike, not a person. Heck, no noise at all. It's like The Walking Dead minus the zombies. This night we had broken out the board games and Clue was the decided upon game. 
About 25 minutes into the game, my 16-year-old son bumps my shoulder and asked, Hey, Pop, did you hear that? I replied, Hear what, son? He said that he heard something like a tapping sound. But between me, him, and his two sisters and mom, there was quite a bit of talking and laughing going on. Our house is two stories. The family area is in the basement level, which is where we were. Upstairs is the front door and the entry of three bedrooms. Maybe five minutes later, I hear the same sound that my son was talking about. He says, See, Dad, look, there it is again. I told him that this time I heard it too, and that I would go up and have a look. I went up the stairs and started towards the front door when I heard a very loud knock. It was like a pounding more than anything. It was coming from the front door, so I decided to go check it out. I stopped in my tracks for a few seconds as I noticed the upstairs lights are off and it is quite dark even though I know I left them on before I went downstairs. I decided to peek through my blinds to see who was there. My front porch light was tripped, so I knew something had to be there, but I could see absolutely nothing. I do have a security system that has a front door camera, so I retreated downstairs and grabbed my tablet to have a look at what triggered my light and pounded my door. I went back 10 minutes to about the time my son heard the first noise, fully expecting to see some kids messing around. The light came on and the camera recorded the tapping sound, but there was absolutely nothing visually there. The light goes off after 60 seconds of no movement. A few minutes later, the light again comes on and the system again recorded the tapping, but still, there was nothing there. Three minutes later, the system is once again activated, and this time the pounding is happening again and again. But there is again nothing visually there to clue me in as to what is happening. I thought maybe there was an issue with the video, so I activated all six cameras and ran a diagnostic. Everything was seemingly running perfect. My son asked me if he could try something. I said sure and handed the tablet over. He reminded me that these cameras do have a night vision capability. He rewound the video and then he put on the night vision setting. Two seconds before the light came on, the camera caught a disturbing image. It was a shape that was kind of transparent and moved without touching the ground as if it was floating. It moved very quickly and very suddenly. It covered my 50-foot front walkway in about two seconds. My son asked me, Seriously, Dad, what is that? I told him I had no idea and took the tablet from him and started forwarding it to see the second tapping noise. Now once the light comes on, the night vision feature no longer works, but the light goes off, the feature works again automatically. As I'm forwarding the video, the light goes off, and to my amazement, the thing is still there at the door. It is standing still. Then after three minutes or so, the light trips on and you hear the tapping once again, but nothing appears on the camera. After 60 seconds pass, the light goes off, and sure enough, whatever it is is still there. Again, it is still as a statue. Another four minutes go by and the light comes on and the pounding is heard once more. I waited the 60 seconds and when the light goes off, the thing is not there anymore. I then activate all six cameras on the live feed and pin on the night vision setting. I almost dropped the tab. There in the backyard looking through a window is that thing. By this time, my whole family are looking at the screen when all of us realized that the window this thing was looking through was right in front of us. The girls were agitated and scared, and I'm going to be honest, I was a bit worried too. I've never experienced or seen anything like this outside of a horror movie. I gave the tablet to my son and told him to keep an eye on it and let me know if that thing moves. 
I went to the closet, grabbed my Benelli 12-gauge shotgun, and headed to the back door with my son close behind. I asked, Is it still there, son? He replied, Yeah. I told him to disengage the auto feature on the security light so that when I opened the door, the lights wouldn't come on. I quickly opened the door, stepped outside, and looked out the left of my window. My son said, Dad, it's looking at you. I yelled, Who are you, and what do you want? It's moving toward us, Dad. Now I'm not crazy. When I realized I couldn't see this thing with my own eyes, I'm not going to fire my weapon indiscriminately with no visible target. I stepped back inside and closed and locked the door. It's at the door, he said. My wife is now down the hall asking what in the hell is going on. All I could say is that I had no clue. Then once again, there was tapping on the door. At this point, all I could do was muster a very weak and probably not very intimidating, you are trespassing, leave now. Then the automatic security lights come on, all of them. I whispered to my son, I thought you turned those off. He replied that he did and that the setting was still off, yet all of them stayed on for quite a few minutes. When the lights finally turned off, the thing was no longer at the door. None of the cameras could see it and it was apparently gone. All five of us stayed up all night watching the cameras. Once the sun came up and my girls went to sleep on the couch, the rest of us couldn't manage to do the same. We just sat there, talking and wondering, re-watching that same 25 minutes of video feed over and over. For some context about this story, I was only about 12 years old and in the 7th grade. I should also mention that my school is across the street from the elementary school. I was in middle school at the time, and the population of my town was just above 1,000 people. So it was enough to have a school district, but not enough to have very packed schools. It was the day before winter break, and it was snowing lightly outside. I was in my 8th period class, which was algebra. My teacher let us have free time since we did all of our exams for the semester, and the fact that this was the last period before winter break, they allowed us to have some free time. My classmates and I were having a good time doing whatever we wanted to do until the principal's voice came on the loudspeaker saying, We're going on a red lockdown. I repeat, this is not a drill. I repeat, this is not a drill. My teacher and classmates were freaking out because red lockdown means that the intruder has gained access and has a gun and is in the building. My teacher shushed us into the corner and locked the door and told us to be as quiet as possible. The teacher ended up breaking down and crying as soon as she did this because she ended up telling us that the elementary school across the street is having a lockdown as well and that some of the kids were injured. Because the shooter entered there before going to the middle school, and while there, he injured more than 20 kids and teachers. I shivered in fear and terror once I heard this and prayed that the intruder would not find us or hurt us or kill anyone in the building. That's when I heard a deep voice say, Open up! The intruder also tried to open the door with the knob and smashed the door with his body weight to no avail. I should also probably mention that the windows on every classroom door are bulletproof. Anyways, after the failed attempts, he tried to open it by shooting the window. Thankfully, it was bulletproof and the bullets had no effects to crack the window. I then heard him grunt in anger and march down the hall to the next classroom door. A couple of minutes later, a SWAT team and police came and opened the door and escorted us out of the building. They ended up tracking him down in the school thanks to his snowy footprints. It was chilling to the bone out there, but thankfully they ended up escorting that guy 
and getting him out of there and sent to prison. He gave us all stares of anger and malice, and I know that at the moment the weather wasn't the thing causing me to shiver. It was him. My parents ended up picking me up crying profusely. My small town was devastated by the attack and ended up being put up on a website with donations for the 20 victims for the attack. Thankfully, all 20 victims are alive and well today, but there is one question that nags at me to this very day. What would have happened if that man was able to get inside our classroom? That thought always haunts me to this day. This happened roughly seven years ago, so bear with me as my memories may be a little foggy. I moved around a lot as a kid. I ended up going to three different elementary schools. At my favorite school, in a super small town, all the kids would claim it was haunted. I've always been a big skeptic, even back then. I knew it was not true until something happened to me. Anyways, I need to give a little explanation about my school. My school did some interesting things. If we were doing exceptionally well in class, a teacher would give you a slip of paper called a high five. You got to save them, and at the end of the month there would be a little store full of dollar store toys and such. I still have a bracelet I got from one of those. So, my class was out at recess, and one of the recess monitors gave me a high five slip. I don't remember what for, but that is not important. I asked my teacher if I can go inside and put my slip away in my desk. She said it was okay and I headed in. My classroom was super dark and just plain creepy to a third grader. I sat in the back and had to walk all the way to my desk. I felt my arms go numb as I slipped my high five into my desk. I felt like something was walking me. It felt like someone was poking me with a safety pin on my neck. I was alone in that classroom. Not even our teacher was there. This was the start of our little paranormal club that I hosted for the rest of the year. We had shadow figure sightings, haunted bathroom stall sightings, everything you could think of. Hell, one of my classrooms saw red glowing eyes from under the stairs. Everything was a conspiracy at that point. We had a giant tree fall over in a storm, so naturally my little crew and I checked it out and blamed it on some evil spirit or something. I could go on and on with little kid tales, but I will say, there are a lot of creepy things that happened in that little town, and maybe one day I'll write in with a more detailed story. But if you do choose to share this on your channel, Swamp Dweller, thank you so much. And everybody, be careful out there. You never know what you might invoke. If you show interest in something, it might just sow interest back in you. Hello, Swamp Dweller. I want to start off by saying that I'm a huge fan of your show, and I've shared this story before, but I don't think anybody's ever actually ended up putting it on their show. And I know that you like to post about small town horror stories, so I figured, why not share it with you? In September of 2020, I moved five hours away from the only home I've ever known into a small, country town in a north corner of Louisiana. This happened to me in January 2021, just for context clues, and it has changed the way I look at nature. This winter, I stayed at my cousin's house and we had a guy's night, doing just what teenage boys like to do when they are unsupervised. It was me, my cousin T, my other cousins S and K, and my girlfriend at the time. She was the only girl we allowed to hang out with us because she was just one of the guys. We stayed up late, playing the latest games on our phones and board games we found in the closet. 
when suddenly T popped a question into our heads. What if we sneak out and explore the mill down the road? I thought about it for a second because all of the things that could happen. But we were all on board. We were looking for some sort of adventure. After my parents went to sleep, we all piled into S's car and drove a couple of miles down the road. The mill was an old sketchy warehouse used way back in the 1950s for old cars and car parts. We called it the mill because it had a massive water wheel on the side and did God knows what. Everybody says it is haunted and stalked by the dead workers that died on the job, but we didn't really believe in that stuff. We got there, freezing our tails off because it was 20 degrees outside. Me being the oldest out of all of us walked up to the front corridor and pushed the doors open. We all turned on our light to make our way inside. The layout of the building had the main room that we were in that led to two different hallways on either side of the room. One led to a giant garage and the other led to a small office room so we decided to make our way towards the garage first. I opened the door and tried to switch the lights on, but of course it didn't work. I turned around to see if they were behind me, and as soon as I did, I heard a piece of metal hit the ground in the far corner. I stopped dead in my tracks, as did the rest of us, and slowly turned my head towards where the noise came from. I shined my light inside, nothing but a metal pipe lying on the ground rolling slowly, and figured it was knocked over by whatever happened when we opened the door. We looked around and found nothing of interest, so we decided to walk down the other hallway. We were all severely anxious, but so curious that we had to know what the rest of the building was like. S and K went into the first room, as me, T, and my girlfriend walked to the second room. We get inside, and then the first thing we noticed is this smell. It was horrendous, like a skunk had eaten marijuana and then exploded everywhere. I know that's a bit of an over-exaggeration, but it was absolutely horrible. I walked over to one of the closet storage areas in the room and find the source. With T gagging behind me, it was a deer, or at least what was left of it. Its head was missing, and its innards were everywhere, not just on the ground, but all over the walls and the ceiling of the closet. I freeze as I hear T whimpering. What is that? I turn over to my left ever so slightly and see the outline of a five-foot blanket cable-looking man standing there, baring his teeth. I quickly shine my light on him and wish I never had. He had no lips, so all you saw were sharp, serrated teeth glistening in the light. His eyes, the bear in amber tint, reflecting at me, and his nose. There, there was no nose, just two holes in his face. I start to whimper, I shake uncontrollably, and when my girlfriend screams at the top of her lungs, this thing lunged at me. I feel a sharp pain in my right calf, as I look down to see a sharp claw sticking out the other side of it. That's when I feel a wave of anger rush over me, and I kicked whatever the hell this thing was in the face. I picked up my girlfriend and pushed T out the door. I go for S and K, and they rushed out and start running down the hall. I was in full-on protective mode, while my leg dripped with blood. I hear whatever this thing was starting to scramble in the room and hit the wall hard. I tell everyone to move faster, and soon we are out of the building and in S's car once again. He quickly locked the doors and cranked it up as the headlights turned on. This thing that we thought was just five feet tall must have been crouched down, because we all got a good look at it. Outside, this thing was easily nine feet tall at least. It stretched out its long arms and at the end were hands with knives for fingers. S put his car in reverse and speeds out of the lot, kicking up rocks everywhere. We get back on the main road, and behind us this thing is keeping pace with us. Not thinking about anything, I tell S to brake check it, 
and we feel the whiplash, and it felt like an elephant running into the back of us. S quickly floors it, and we get back to my house. Of course, I had to tell my parents I was gushing blood, and I had to go to the hospital and get 28 stitches, but I made up some story about how I got hurt exploring somewhere we shouldn't have been. I was a little shaken up, but fine otherwise. When my dad asked what could have caused that to happen, I lied and said there was a crazy maniac at the mill. I know we were caught, so there was no point in lying. Well, I guess I lied a bit. No one's going to believe that we saw Slenderman or whatever the hell that thing was. We were all grounded, but at least we escaped with our lives and didn't end up like that poor deer. Anyways, that's my story. It was a horrifying experience that really changed the way I view nature. Even though we think we know everything, we definitely don't. We haven't even scratched the surface. Thanks for listening to these creepy and allegedly true small town horror stories sent in by viewers just like you. As always, if you enjoyed these stories, please be sure to submit your story at swampdweller.net. I'd love to share your allegedly true small town horror story in the next episode. If you enjoyed these stories, please be sure to hit that like button as it helps me out a ton. The more likes this episode gets, the more YouTube promotes it, and that helps the swamp continue to grow. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcast or Spotify, be sure to give this a 5-star rating over there as it helps us grow there, and it's incredibly helpful. If you're new to the swamp, why not join us? Hit the subscribe button and be sure to turn on notifications to never miss a new episode as I upload them nearly every single day and all things natural and supernatural. Don't forget I'm streaming on Twitch almost every single day as well, so be sure to follow me there. There's a link to do so in the description. If you're on the go and don't have YouTube Premium but would still like to download and listen to your favorite Swamp Dweller scary stories no matter where you are, you can download them absolutely free from Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, and pretty much anywhere else you find your favorite podcast online. If you'd like to support the Swamp outside of all that, maybe check out the merch store. I've got t-shirts, face masks, hoodies, and more. I'd love to see you guys wearing some cool Swamp threads. Don't forget to let me know what story was your favorite tonight in the comments down below. Don't forget to join me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and I'll see you all soon with another creepy episode.